This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. From Washington, this is CQ on Congress, the nonpartisan source for in-depth analysis of Capitol Hill's policy debates. I am Sean Zeller. The Senate passed a five-year reauthorization of farm, conservation, and food aid programs last month by a vote of 86 to 11. It marked a rare moment of bipartisan comedy, but reconciling it with the House version of the farm bill, which Republicans pushed through on a party line last month, is not for sure. The sticking point is a provision in the House bill that would require more of the poor, particularly parents of children, to work in order to get food stamp benefits. Democrats in both chambers won't accept it, but House conservatives say it must stay. Joining me today are the two senators who shepherded the Senate bill, the chairman of the Agriculture Committee, Pat Roberts of Kansas, and the panel's ranking Democrat, Debbie Stabenow of Michigan. We're bringing you this podcast from Senator Roberts' office on Capitol Hill. Welcome to you both. Sure. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Well, I know, Senator Stabenow, you have talked about the importance of getting a five-year extension, that the yes. farmers need certainty. Yes. And so I want both of your thoughts on that. Are you going to get it? Well, first of all, I mean, Chairman Roberts has been saying that over and over again. Thank you. I was going to interrupt you. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> because um, farmers have so much uncertainty right now, we don't know what's happening on trade, the, the whole question of uh, access to labor and so on. The one thing we can do for them is a, a five-year bill that includes the safety net for them, crop insurance, um, conservation tools, uh, trade promotion. We expanded trade promotion so actually uh, folks can look for new markets and be able to sell their products and a whole range of things. Um, but in terms of getting it done, I guess I would just give my perspective and throw it over uh, to Senator Roberts, but it, we want to get it done. And so if it's up to us, uh, we'll get it done. And we've got until September 30th. It's not a bill at all costs. I mean, it's got to be something that's balanced. We've got 500 different organizations who from everything from all the agricultural groups, conservation, fishing groups, hunting groups, environmentalists, bioenergy, nutrition, food access, I mean everybody supporting the Senate bill, which passed by 86 to 11, the best vote ever of a, a farm bill. And so, um, and we rejected soundly, I believe it was 68 votes, the House version of new the uh, what they did on food assistance. Right, and so and you still must, this is it. You I still mean, have to reconcile it with the House. So, Senator Roberts, um, there are some thorny issues there, primarily regarding the food stamps program. Can you reach a deal with the House, or do you expect them to to accept the Senate? Oh, I think the House understands, and uh, I'll be meeting with Mike Conaway and and Frank Lucas, the former chairman, and um, uh, our Democrat uh, part over there, Colin Peterson who uh, plays a guitar and I actually sang in his band. So, uh, but <laughs> I could have joined that band. You know, know, this isn't our first rodeo. 
uh, it, these principles have met before. There are some major differences here uh, with the uh, uh, with the SNAP uh, provision, but there's also some commonality on what we think we ought to do for the uh, program's integrity, but still be able uh, to fulfill that purpose. That's just one thing. There's a, a paramount issue, and Deborah talked about it, and that is we must provide farmers certainty and predictability. And I'm trying to think of another word because it's so imperative that we do it quickly because this trade issue has become so crucial and so toxic to us, not only for farmers and ranchers, but for a whole bunch of folks. I just hung up the phone to Bob Lighthizer. Hopefully he says in a month or about a month's time that we'll have some good news on, uh, on Mexico. And that's the first time I've talked with him in a couple of weeks. So that would certainly be helpful. Uh, but with that trade situation, with the farm income down 52% over four years ago, with our prices down 43%, and this trade situation, which is a little bit like a rock hitting your windshield, and all of a sudden in two weeks you don't have a windshield. So people are extremely nervous. Uh, they, uh, this has now become uh, an issue in the uh, coming uh, off-year uh, elections, and uh, so we need to come up with a bill and we need to do it quickly to give farmers and ranchers and growers and everybody connected in this uh, whole ag chain uh, that the Distinguished Center for Michigan has just mentioned and get it done so they have that, that, that confidence that they and their lenders will have the confidence of getting next year's crop and also down the road over the five years. So you're saying this farm bill can in a way counteract the uh, potential trade war that we're getting into with China and in our European allies over uh, agricultural tariffs. Well, I'm not sure it would be counteracted. We just give farmers and their lenders and everybody concerned uh, that confidence that we have. A, uh, we are undergirding their position so they can farm next year, and they have that safety net there, and it's there for five years. And again, consistency and predictability, <coughs> and with everything else that they face, with the weather and everything else that farmers always face. That's going to be especially helpful. So any other issue that comes up, even though uh, members might say, okay, that's, you know, that's my issue, and I really feel very strongly about it, okay, but you have to, sub my suggestion to them is that has to come secondary to our overall mission, which is to, again, to provide our farmers uh, predictability and certainty. The House bill would expand work requirements, requiring that more people who are on the food stamps program, the SNAP program, go work or receive job training. If it were up to you personally, would you accept that provision? I think the Senate, uh, the Senate bill is a little more um, uh, applicable, uh, if you will, mm -hmm. to, uh, to the problem or uh, it's more pertinent to the uh, challenges we face in the SNAP program. The House bill takes $8 billion and uh, sends it to the states. I don't know at this point, uh, Deborah maybe do, uh, what's the criteria by which that money would be allotted. Uh, I'm assuming that would be to most of the states that had the highest recipients of uh, food stamps. That would be New York, that would be Illinois, and that would be California. Uh, that's where we get into some problems with the waivers and people, you know, gaming the system. Uh, I'm not sure that's the best uh, Kansas already has a work requirement. Uh, 
many states do. And uh, I think working with those states, we have 10 states already with pilot projects, right. another eight states coming, that's 18 states. They're taking a look in each region and in each commodity area and in each uh, workplace area. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, Kansas, uh, uh, that situation for my state is much different from, say, Massachusetts. I think that's a better way to approach it. Uh, I don't know who's going to implement this. I don't know who in the Department of Agriculture has the capability to, to send that money out to states and say, okay, who's going to conduct the job training? And now that's another layer over the job training we already have in Kansas, and each state has something like that. I don't know if we just, just you know, leave that state, uh, you know, that money or not. We don't know, I don't know what Sonny Perdue, who is our, our ag um, uh, secretary, uh, would do. I, I've asked him that. I said, who would implement this program? Well, that's going to be worked out when you folks come up with a compromise on the farm bill. So you know, and if I could just yeah, jump in a sec. You, why are Democrats so worried about well, that? Well, first of all, we, we, Senator Roberts and I sat back and look at facts. I mean, there's a lot of politics going on and a lot of stuff being said that's not accurate. I can say that in terms of just um, what I believe to be politics around the issue of food access and so on. The reality of what we call SNAP, the Supplemental Nutrition Program, is that 75% of the people who get food help are senior citizens, people with disabilities, and children and their parents who are taking care of them. And so of the other 25%, there is a work requirement of 20 hours a week of working or the maximum you can get in help is three months worth of food help within a three-year period. Now, what Senator Roberts is talking about and what the, what the House has talked about is the fact that states have been able to get waivers from that because of high unemployment and so on. Um, Michigan has no waivers now, Kansas has no waivers now, and, uh, and I think because of uh, the low unemployment rate, I think the majority of states aren't using waivers right now. But what the House has done is they want to raise the age on the number of people that have to work at least 20 hours a week. They want to take children, uh, one-year-olds and moms, and kind of lower the, the age for parents and with young children in terms it of It would work. require more it, parents more, with more young children, young children to get work, yes. work 20 hours. Yes, and, and they want to take the 20 hours and raise it to 25. So instead of that, though, what we're doing is we've got low unemployment around the country. Uh, the folks that are not working now uh, tend to be folks with multiple barriers or challenges. And so we funded in the last Farm Bill 10 states to look at what are those challenges? Is this somebody who's homeless? Is this an issue of transportation or childcare? Is it somebody who has a mental illness or has an addiction? Um, how, do we, how do we do those things that allow more people to work full time? And we've, as the Senator, as Senator Roberts said, we've now expanded from 10 states to 18 states to look at in their state, you know, what is best in terms of allowing people to be successful working full time. That to me makes a whole lot more sense than uh, the way the House is approaching it, which is really with a lot of, a lot of rhetoric and um, not really looking at what we're facing here. And instead, what we did was tighten up integrity and deal with a number of areas where there has been concern about abuse and, and issues laid to the states and we've tightened up things that don't hurt people or affect their ability to get access to food. The, the critics have been saying it could cause children to go hungry. Does that worry you? Well, we know that there are um, several million uh, uh, people that would lose food help and a lot of those would be children. 
Well, that's the projection, and I, it, it, the one thing I want to mention and uh, really stress that our bill uh, offers up more opportunities for private business to come in and be of help. Every university in Michigan and, uh, and Kansas uh, and our two-year schools as well, they have job training programs. And in addition, we have various chambers of commerce. Uh, Wichita, Kansas is now into working with Boeing and working with Spirit and working with a, a whole series of people that are really trying to be of help here. We have more jobs out there available than we do folks looking for jobs. And so I can tell you the biggest worry out in Kansas when I go around to small manufacturing plants or for that matter who's in charge of food stamps is that matching up who's going to work where because every every small manufacturing plant we want more workers and so it's more of a technical situation each state to figure that out and i don't think imposing a mandate on all states under the circumstances and just hand out money without any how do you implement it in working with these things so our bill for the first time we encourage the private business community to come on board and some of them are doing a great job and also education also ngos uh, I think it's a good comprehensive effort. Now, you mentioned the 86 to 11 vote, which is, as you said, Senator Savinow, the biggest vote for a, a farm bill in the Senate in decades, if not ever. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> and so, how did, I mean, tell me a little bit about how you achieved that. I mean, this is something rare right now in a Congress that is deeply polarized. Well, I, I would just say that's not an accurate vote, 86 to 11, because uh, Pat Leahy was gone and Lamar right. Alexander was gone, so it's really 88, and if it had gone to 88, I would have tackled two Republicans who voted no. <laughs> we would have got to 90. we got them to, uh, to 90. <laughs> but so, no, 86 to 11, uh, I think people have heard us both in our caucuses, uh, uh, probably mine too much, but uh, knowing of the severity of the crisis that we have in farm country and also with trade, and uh, maybe crisis is too long a, too strong a word, although I heard uh, Senator Grassley over television say it was catastrophic now in Iowa. I really asked him, I said, what word am I going to use now? That's, you know, that's pretty tough. But I think they're aware of the problem uh, big time, and I think they want answers. And if we can get a bipartisan approach to this, hey, you know, that, that doesn't happen very much in this contentious, these contentious times. And we have, you know, partisanship after partisanship after partisanship. Most Americans want us to get to work together and get something done. That's what we did. And w once it got rolling, it got rolling. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. I, do you it, think it's replicable? To well, and I want to. I want to thank staff too, because staff, yes. both her staff and my yes. staff, have done this yeah. before. Excellent. They're very good at it. And so, in contacting the members, not only on the Agriculture Committee, don't forget this past twenty to one, uh, in our committee. So each member of that committee was able to go to Republicans on my side and say, this is a good bill. You know, and just to jump in, is it, it, can it be replicated? Absolutely, and it should be. I mean, I remember a time uh, when this was the norm instead of, uh, you know, a rarity right now. And the, the truth of the matter is you start with respecting each other and keeping your word. And in our case, we worked together a long time and we're friends and, and we trust each other. And that doesn't mean we agree on everything. Kansas is different than Michigan. We have different perspectives on things. 
but it's about finding a win-win. And, and unfortunately today, too much of the time, people are trying to do a win-lose, you know, put somebody in the corner and, and uh, uh, beat them over the head or something. And um, when we look at something like a farm bill, this is really more about parts of the country than it is Republicans and Democrats. So people in the South have a different perspective. They grow different things different ideas and so then the Midwest or out on the coasts and so people come with their ideas but if the idea for us is to find something where people could feel like it would work for their state and that it was reasonable and fair and so on and so I think it's something that should be duplicated all the time frankly. Absent the tariff fight do you think you would have gotten the 86 or 86 votes? Yeah I think we would have. Uh, this is um, as I say, this isn't our first rodeo. Um, I know all about cherry trees in Michigan. She knows all about I wheat know. in Kansas. But, uh, <laughs> and you've been to Michigan, and I've been to Kansas yeah, more Michigan than once. Yeah, Michigan State and Kansas State, and they we, yeah. we, we don't even play one other thing, do they? That's right. But uh, uh, doing a farm bill every five years is to provide again a five-year period where farmers can plan and they can say, well, hey, on out, I at least have this safety net, and more importantly, they're lenders. And so, barring un un unforeseen circumstances, which is about what we're going through. I mean, you talk about 52% loss of income again, I'm gonna you know, beat, beat that on the drum, but also 43% prices, we have a trade situation that's very questionable, uh, we're not selling our product, we're, we're losing markets. Uh, no, the list goes on and on and on. But the farmers, I noticed in the last crop report, corn, soybeans, wheat, especially crops, so on and so forth. Next year, about the same. Every time out they put the, uh, the seed in the ground, they hope there's, they know there's going to be better times. There, I, there's never been more optimistic people. And in Kansas, that has not occurred uh, for the last four years. Uh, it did prior to that, but this is a different time, and so we have to work together to step up to do our responsibility. Two quick things if I could just say that I think is important. When we say farm bill, this is 12 different right. bills. Exactly. It's a huge, a huge effort. The conservation title, the, the biggest investments we as Americans make in land and water conservation is in the farm bill because it's working with somebody who owns land, not public lands, but a landowner. So farmers or foresters or so on. And so all the efforts that are done, this is really big deal in Michigan with the Great Lakes, run off into the Great Lakes, all the water quality issues and so on. Um, it, we fund it through voluntary efforts through the Farm Bill. So this is a very big deal. And the second thing is, is that once you get out of big cities in Michigan and in Kansas and everywhere, rural development is literally uh, the ones paying for roads and bridges and water and sewer systems and small business loans and telemedicine at hospitals and, and it, everything that happens in a small town like where I grew up in northern Michigan is done with the support of rural development at the USDA. So this really is quality of life economic development in small towns. Do you have a timetable for reconciling with the House and getting this bill done? I think in about 10 days the House is, uh, although I don't know if they're in next week or not, but at any rate, uh, they're not going to be in August. Right. So they've got to uh, act. Well, and soon. I just think the first thing that has to happen is the House has to move, then we name conferees. Uh, that takes about a 10-day thing. You would think it would, could be done shorter. And then we have to uh, sit down, and I've already talked with Mike Conaway. I have some other people over there I want to talk with. 
and say, okay, what do you think is reasonable? As I say, we've all met before how many times on this, and, and, and that's a good thing. So I'm, uh, I'm thinking um, in August uh, that uh, even though the House is out, the principals could meet, and also the, uh, meeting the conferees, and uh, I don't know if we should go any further than that, but uh, that's not going to take very long, and uh, I, I, I hope we can agree on some, at least some parameters, and uh, then in September we're going to have to move. Right, the deadline's That's the, the hope. I mean, that, that, yeah, I think we want to move as fast as possible. Um, but it's also really important, I think, to, to emphasize again that, that the broad parameters of a bill that has huge bipartisan support and the support of 500 different uh, organizations that care about this uh, is the Senate bill. Now, we know that, that obviously the Senate and the House will have to sit down and come together, but I think the framework for success is what passed the Senate. If you're not able to reach a deal by the end of September, could you pass a short-term extension? If we had to, we could. I don't want to do that, I don't, and I know Deborah doesn't no, want to do that. No, I don't either. And I don't know anybody in farm country that wants to do that. People have talked about it. There might be a particular issue that a farm group would think, well, maybe we could get a better deal down the road. Why on earth would you think that, given the situation that, uh, and uh, neither one of us know what's going to happen right. with, uh, with regard to who has the gavel and who doesn't. And uh, so and also in the House. And so why on earth would you want to delay that? It would be clear in the next year we wouldn't get anything really done into February or March. And it's the same folks. Uh, now, there might be a exactly. difference, a few here and a few there in the, in the Senate. In the meantime, uh, you're putting the farmers in, uh, what, political uh, purgatory. Uh, we don't need to be do, uh, to doing that. I, somebody else came up to me the other day, some, some farm group said, what about an extension? I said, don't even say that word. Let's get the job done. That's what we're here to do, especially during the times we're in. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I really, you know, obviously that's the, that's the last option, and neither one of us want that. Do you think you'll have to make any concessions to the conservatives in the House that have their hearts set on the, the changes to the SNAP program, the food stamps program? I'm a conservative. Yeah. She convinced me. Yeah. Well, and let me let me just jump in and say, if if it's based on a real problem that needs to be solved, that's fine. But a lot of this are solutions in search of a problem, and they are hurting people. What's being suggested will hurt people, and we don't need to do that. We Either. we have a farm safety net and a family safety net, and they're both very important. Either side. I mean, you could say the progressive on one side or the conservatives on the other. Whatever that means today. I mean, that that's a a definition that's hard to come by. But I've always been labeled as a conservative Republican. Maybe my position on this farm bill by some would say, well, maybe that's, you know, not consistent with conservative principles. Well, I'm all for uh, principles, and, uh, but I'm not an ideologue. Uh, I think that in terms of this bill, you have to be very pragmatic. And if not this bill, you're going to cause, if we don't get this done, that's on us with regards, and every other member, uh, because of the issues that are paramount to maybe your personal ideology, or maybe your region, or maybe your crop, or maybe your issue. And so uh, I think I can, uh, I can reach out to these folks, and I will, and I have been. And uh, we do have some conservative groups that uh, would be very unhappy if the House uh, provision were not adopted, and other things. I mean, we have a lot of groups 
that you would label on the conservative side that have been hostile to farm programs, period. And the same thing uh, on the far left. Now's not the time to be uh, considering that. And I think if we make the case, look, we have to move because of, of the consequences if we don't. I just want to also say that the House cut conservation, which we did not do, there's strong support for land and water conservation and also move some more dollars into subsidies in the south that really changes the balance in terms of supporting regions. So I know everyone's focused on SNAP and food assistance, which is very important, but there are other differences um, that, uh, that we also need to be able to talk about. And you'd prefer the Senate version on those? And well, I mean, we absolutely, in the last Farm Bill, made reforms that I believe were the best to to more accurately represent uh, agriculture in, in all the regions of the country, and we've maintained that balance. All right. Bye. Thank you, Chairman Roberts. Thank you, Senator Stabenow, very much for joining us. You bet. Absolutely. I am Sean Zeller. Thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on NPR One. And please rate us on iTunes. For more on this and other stories, visit rollcall.com or find us on Twitter at CQNow or at Roll Call.